Hello and welcome to episode number two of this podcast. My name is Elliot Greenman and I host this with Alexi Anel. Um, Alexi is an osteopath and he owns Euphoria Osteopaths in Tetbury, Gloucestershire. Um, last week we released our first episode which is about pain and the course that we're trying to put together to help people better understand and manage chronic or persistent pain. This week's kind of a continuation from that We talk a little bit more about osteopathy in general, uh, the tenets of osteopathy and all the three rules. And we talk about expectations, 10 emotional needs, um, mental health, uh, being a therapist and the challenges with that, whether it's a manual therapist or a psychotherapist. Uh, We talk about the Bible, religion, consciousness and how all of that links in a little bit with pain uh, which was very interesting for me to learn uh, when I found out about it I didn't realize that there was this this big part of um, of of pain and the pain gate which was all to do with stress and expectations so yeah that was that was very interesting for me um, I hope you get some value from it too and if you do then please like share comment we'd love to hear your feedback if you've got any questions if there are any parts of our podcast that you feel um, aren't very well explained uh, we would really love the opportunity to get your feedback on that and then revisit it Uh, we'd love to answer that Um, yeah I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, perambulations in franglais Exactly. (laughs) So that's what the osteopath does, apparently. So, um, uh, which actually is a quite broad uh, definition. What does it mean? Oh, yeah, so, yes, that's it. So, osteo, everybody, empathy. So, everybody's going to think that it's actually about bones, basically. So, that's what osteo means, right? Yeah, osteo means in Latin. The main problem is that it's a Greek derivative and it's osteon. And osteon is the root cause of things, oh, in right. a way, okay? Rather than a bone from osteo. And pathy is pathology, or, yeah, a bit the suffix of pathology. So, the, the main thing, uh, osteopath believes that pathology has got the root cause in musculoskeletal imbalance. Musculoskeletal. What is path- pathology? Ah, pathology. So I don't know, like arthritis. Okay. Uh, you could have like uh, maybe. Um, it's like it's basically the conditions like arthritis, sciatica, frozen. Yes, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But Phys- it, it physical issues with. Well, that's it. Physical issue or a bit more really. So if if your musculoskeletal system is really out of kilter uh, in your mid-thoracic maybe and you've got a little scoliotic pattern and you've got a couple of ribs out who supply the blood the nervous supply to the blood supply of your gallbladder and maybe your liver a little so maybe you'll be more likely to get gallstones type stuff so there's a little bit of um a direct link between certain pathologies so uh, people who've got COPD chronic obstructive pulmonary disease for example like asthma for example like um, uh, ten, we tend to think that part of it is really 
to do with how the, the musculoskeletal system is put together in terms of the structural part of it. So if they go some kind of uh, kyphosis a bit, so they've got an increased in their uh, curve in their uh, mid-back, for example, and the intercostals are not really working as well, and they've got extra tension in their diaphragm, so they work quite apically all of a sudden. Um, in certain cases, with uh, the no, uh, immune, uh, immune trigger, for example, like a dust or whatever else the whole thing triggers uh, uh, asthma for example so osteopaths think or believe that pathology has got its root cause into the musculoskeletal system imbalance okay but we need to extrapolate a bit with that because a lot of it was um is about the three main principles of it really so we say structure govern function structure governs function, function or function govern structure type thing so the way the joint is put together enables it to go through a certain range of movement for yeah, example so your radial head is enabling it turns at the, at the whole elbow area and it enables you to do pronation supination but because it's uh, as well on the ball it enables as well the whole hinging as well which your ulna will do the same and your olecranon the tip of your elbow when going against your humerus you can't really extend further than that basically okay so there's there's the way the structure is put together how the articulation or the joint is put together enables a certain function and if the joint has been used in a certain way maybe like uh, at the gym for example or, or occupationally uh, speaking and people really use only their biceps and the triceps is not really doing as much well people are going to change the way uh, the structure of their body, of their body. Uh, by using them in a bit of a asymmetrical fashion okay? sometimes not for the better not for, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well whatever how it is I think after it's a, a bit of a qualitative kind of um, there's a quantitative but a qualitative aspect of the whole thing really mm -hmm. so some people well most of us are quite happy to bring things towards us so that's quite fine really in a way so and those things really so, so that's did you say that's the first principle? yeah structure well yeah one of the three principles because we think about we want to we think we treat the body as a unit and that's uh, uh, quite a bit all encompassing thing so um, when I say a lot of the time I treat uh, people suffering from low back pain I treat people suffering from neck ache I treat people suffering from asthma I don't treat asthma as such I don't treat low back pain I don't treat, treat, I treat the per person suffering from the condition okay and I and then we saw about and that's why the, the, the pain gate is so so interesting in terms of that we can really look at that peripheral modulation how we can affect a bit the skin the muscles the joint and the organ and then we, uh, we need to look at the central modulation and the expectation fulfillment theory of dream really fits nicely in terms of uh, the stress and how uh, expectation when unfulfilled tend to really lead to a heightened level of stress really, heightened level of adrenaline, 
potentially on a short term and a bit like uh, exhaustion of your adrenal gland which leads to a, de a slight decrease in your uh, cortisol uh, level which actually leads to more inflammation and things like that okay and uh, so leads or I don't know whether the uh, constant use of cortisol and constant use of your adrenal gland leads yeah. to like chronic fatigue, but yeah. the unmanaged expectations can lead to chronic fatigue if that's you it, find yourself in way too much REM sleep as opposed to that's the mix it. between. That's it, that's it, that's it. So that's where, that's where the expectation fulfillment theory of dream is on the boundary. You are going to be able to act upon the expectation you just opened physically in your everyday life with your body using your body so your motivation and you get so the dopamine and then you get reward with your uh, uh, endorphins and that stabilizes your mood with the serotonin type stuff okay but if you can't actually fulfill the expectation in the day you've got a really great tool which is your REM uh, sleep basically your REM sleep where you're gonna act your brain acts on the expectation in a metaphorical fashion so it's like a theater type stuff it's like, like a, an abstraction of the that's it of the expectation basically okay and that's actually gonna sap a bit your motivation so that's gonna be dopamine uh, thirsty it is gonna really demand call of dopamine so uh, what in REM sleep in REM sleep yeah oh. so you need to be quite motivated during your REM sleep in your uh, in, in your dream that's okay. it so you need so you need to be mentally motivated yeah it, it uses mental, mental moti motivation that's it that's it that's it to, to REM sleep to, that's it um, to be able to fulfill those expectations in, in, in a metaphorical fashion in a theater so it's like if, if you know that you're going through a period of dreaming loads yeah and you wonder why you're fatigued and not motivated and uh, well first thing in the morning so we see that with adolescents who tend to really indulge in sleep quite a lot and they are going through quite a lot so we think about growth spur it's kind, it's kind of like um yeah sorry um, yeah, no problem. Like fibromyalgia people with with that so that's one one way of actually approaching the whole problem basically and i think that's quite um, uh, so yeah, yeah, fibromyalgia people, and then uh, the little uh, video we made uh, about it in, on the website is really about that. Really, so it's people who tend to have quite high expectation, and they tend to be high functioning people. So they tend to really do an awful lot at work with hobbies, with friends in the community. They are very involved, but they got quite a high uh, high spec of expectation, which actually, as long as they function and they manage to really fulfill them is absolutely not a problem mm. and until they got like a virus or an infection or uh, they break their leg and they are poorly and they are, uh, they are not able to actually um, go and do their hobbies they withdraw a little bit from work maybe or something like that because they've got like two or three weeks uh, of work because they are really pretty poorly because they are really physically involved as well and that start to they start to use their REM so they tend to in increase the demand on REM uh, phase basically uh, to the detriment of the slow wave sleep so the slow wave sleep is enabling you to actually repair yourself so it's like the body sleep yeah. and the REM is a mind sleep that's it okay? which if you're quite high functioning and you uh, not that that always means that they're going to exercise but uh -huh. it probably means that they're going to do some sort of exercise, exercise exactly. yeah, yeah. that deep sleep maybe a little bit more more exactly in order to keep the whole thing in balance 
quite and then all of a sudden the whole thing capsizes a bit and then to be able to fulfill their expectation they are pushing and their high level of expectation they are pushing the REM package a little bit which takes a bit more space for the amount of sleep they got and then all of a sudden they start to because they are a bit less active they start to be able to sleep a little bit more and during that sleep they tend to actually act on their expectation in the REM they don't do as much low wave sleep and And then they tend to be even more less motivated, so they tend to be fatigued. I think that's where the term fatigued is a little bit uh, peculiar. They are not as motivated in a way. They are aching everywhere, so because they are not repairing very well, uh, thing, yeah, and yeah. then or they are not recovering from the infection so, quite well. So it is, they are fatigued because they are physically they are physically fatigued. fatigued. But it's, it's more than that. It's, and they are mentally not very motivated. Fatigued. 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 Yeah. Well. Fatigued. Inverted bracket. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better localization. That's it. That's it. That's it. But that's, that's really so. That's really interesting way of looking at the whole thing because. Um, And for an osteopath to have that understanding of uh, your patient and what is going through in his life and the emotional stress is under and having a model that is actually quite straightforward, very rational, uh, like this, that sequence of 10 needs and the way the whole um, physiology, neurophysiology is happening and now it has the mind affects the body and the body affects the mind basically so you, you twist your ankle and as a, all that persistent pain we're talking about you twist your ankle you can't go to exercise and somehow uh, you're not able to fulfill some of the expectations that the exercise gives you like meeting other people being part of a group having meaningful relationship with other people having the attention a little bit you've got your competence and this is quite all encompassing in a way and the control you've got of it all those kind of stuff Really, and the status possibly so it's going to affect like six already six of the needs really and, them out. and if that's the only place you're getting some of those things like community and potentially if you're part of a club like working for something bigger than yourself that's it then it can be one massive hit all hit. at once exactly and so it's a one over. one string to your bow instead of having several strings to your bow to manage your stress really okay mm. and that's really um, I don't know I think there was It possibly was a, a few bits and bobs like that before in terms of uh, in the 17th or 18th century some of the higher uh, higher class people uh, higher economic class people were a little bit in that uh, in France we call that the spleen a little bit le spleen and then these people who were mean, le they were very well they were quite poorly people all the time because they were not really motivated they, no joie de vivre all those kind of things really and I think they could have been suffering so what does joie de vivre mean again <laughs> so like how you enjoy your life oh, okay. how, how, how much enjoyment you get out of life basically joie de vivre no no so yeah so it's not maybe a new thing but it's a bit more kind of the 21st century type uh, thing and it's a very functional uh, thing people are under and north I don't know like I look at my uh, grandmother bless her soul who 
you know, she, in, she died in her mid, late 90s, and uh, her life was pretty straightforward, really. There was no... She, she was married, she uh, was doing the uh, cooking, uh, she was looking after her uh, daughter, she was polishing her uh, husband's shoes. Not to say that it's a way of going, but her expectations were pretty set, and the level of them were actually quite easily uh, fulfilled yeah. and, and, and met. And this, met. This is something I was going to ask you because it's like from listening to Jordan Peterson and some and like Gary Vaynerchuk and some of the, these other like inspirational people, mm-hmm. um, certainly to like I guess my generation, they all talk about like patience and empathy and like as two massive commodities and um, two of the things that very few people seem to possess mm-hmm. and um, I think about it a lot in with regards to unmanaged expectations and stress and pain and stuff it's like they always say in your 20s or like especially in your 20s just like just figure out how much you're able to work try and learn something from someone and learn it really really well but mm-hmm. don't try and rush it and think that you're going to learn it really well in a year mm-hmm. take your time to build that skill, blah 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 blah. And although I like, I've never heard them talk with relation to unmanaged or unfulfilled expectations, expectations, or or indeed any other. Like they mention control and maybe some of the other emotional needs sometimes, but I don't think it's on on purpose with regards to the human givens or mm-hmm. those emotional needs. But it's like it makes so much sense because it's if if my if my expectations of playing piano yeah. are if I can bring them right down yeah. and and then then all of a sudden I'm, I'm going to be able to meet those expectations mm-hmm. a lot, lot easier. easier. Uh-huh. But you need to be, so you need to be a bit cautious there because you don't want to really, I'm not, we're not saying that we need to bring our expectation right down. We are saying we need to have a level of expectation that is manageable. Yeah, of course. So so let's not dampen them. Somewhere in between. That's it, that's it, that's it. Really, really low. That's it. Somewhere that's bit, you find that balance to be able to push yourself. That's it, that's it. And you need to be stretched. It's It's to be stretched rather than to be stressed. In a way, really. Yeah, because by very nature of the of the emotional needs with something like playing an instrument, it's a really good example Mm -hmm. because there's. They the different emotional needs within that like stretch each other because mm-hmm. it's like if well it, unless you have absolutely no competence expectations of yourself and you just want to sit and hit something that's in which it. case then maybe that isn't going to fulfil you Mod- contemporary art or modern art mm-hmm. type thing mm-hmm. you just take a piano you've never done it and then you make some noise and you call it music really yes and then your competence is really high Maybe you're a bit narcissistic as well, well and you've got a bit of some sort of problem yeah. like that. But yeah, no, I think it's yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing generationally, and it's the whole mastery. And um, you, you want to do an apprenticeship, for example. Well, if you want to be a farrier or, or a, a blacksmith, and you want to shoe horses, for example, well, it's going to take you five years to really follow somebody and get the craftsmanship and then the diligence of uh, turning up every day and really doing it on again and again and again until you do it almost with your eyes closed, really. Uh, 
10,000 hours thing. Kind of thing, yeah, yeah, 10,000 or a bit more. So it can be 100,000 yeah, in yeah. cases, really. So, and then all tra uh, trades of, uh, um, you know, like, so you go to university, you've got your uh, three-year degree or even your master's or your and a PhD and thing, and then you've been in your head quite a lot, really. And uh, mostly, really. And then, so if you've studied, uh, I don't know, like uh, politics or something like that, and thing, well, you're not going to have um, acted upon it uh, physically, in a way. So uh, it meets some of the needs, but they are not met really physically. Oh, yeah, you might have gone to uh, uh, conferences, you might have gone to courses, you might have. But it's still uh, very different. It's, it's still, still very different than, uh, uh, I don't know, be a, a, a tiler or a roofer or people who do thatch roofing, yeah. for example, all the different uh, things, the little uh, things that you're going to develop for yourself, you're going to leave a little cachet of approval on your uh, on your on your work really which is really unique to yourself as well all those things so uh, stone mason all, all that kind of thing they used to like uh, when they were building cathedrals all those kind of things they were using their own little symbol on all the stones a bit pagan and things like that and they were going around france for example and they would really craft their craft they were crafty people really Compared to nowadays, leave their mark eternally. And nowadays, I think sometimes a lot of it is a, a bit too high expectation for something that is not super practical in a way, really. With, not to say it's good or bad. Yeah. Not, yeah. So basically, as an example. As an example, yeah, yeah that's it. But things that crafts are just changing, aren't they? And, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's, that's, it. that's again another thing to do with expectations. That's Change it, that's it. itself as a community That's as, as a, know, community, a species yeah, yeah. as a community in the UK or in Wiltshire across and then as maybe as a species as well it's like things are changing but because people have and that's like because they have like an expectation of how they used to be. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. So especially women a little bit, and then since the 60s, we saw the contraceptive pill, and then the emancipation of women, and the fact that they've raised quite a lot their expectation of uh, what they could do. And uh, the example of my grandma, it was uh, pretty simple, and then uh, you, 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 pretty, yeah, and then quite... Uh, not to say that it was not uh, fulfilling, really, uh, for her, really, but uh, my mum uh, would not have done that for any anything. My dad had to actually polish his own shoes, really. Type stuff. There were things, she, there was no way. And a lot of women will have their men to iron their own shirt wow. and say like that, really, because they want to do other things and they want to try to fulfill themselves as well as uh, individuals, as human beings, as business women and uh, I don't know like this is an awful lot really but it raises the stake basically and it, it brings a bit the level of expectation quite high and therefore it's uh, uh, spinning plates really uh, when you spin the one plate yes it's not really super uh, challenging but when you start to spin 10 plates well you have to really be you have to be very good at spinning plates and then after all of a sudden as soon as there's one plate to start to wobble and fall well often the law is difficult not for the whole thing to capsize a bit completely and, and the patience humility 
all those kind of things are very very important really so um, you get married and then uh, after a year oh well I don't love you anymore uh, let's break up that thing really it's a bit well yeah of course we're different people you're down the line and uh, it's something to work on really it's not uh, people change at different different not I hate the word rates because it yeah. It makes you feel like yeah, yeah. one's quicker than the other, but it's yeah, like, that's it, that's it. They just differently, different paces, different, different just, paces, just differently, different. different direction, yeah. and things sometimes. So when we see quite a lot of the time, like the, uh, transformational work a little. So um, the husband is an accountant and he wants to become a bit of a, 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 a psychotherapist, for example. He wants to change career, so he's going to meet new people, all those kind of stuff. And then his view of the world is going to actually change, and therefore. Uh, his uh, spouse is going to be left a little bit on the. Uh, and and on maybe, the, maybe on she's done something different as well. And, and that's it, that's it, Which actually takes them a bit yeah, apart yeah, instead yeah. of trying to work it to try to uh, go together. But, but it's something that you have to craft again, really. So relationships are very good examples like that. They have yeah, to be yeah. uh, crafted and, and you need to be patient, really, with them. And I always, I always think about. Um, I think about certain people who, who I know who are in a relationship or married and then been divorced and married again, blah, blah, blah. And I often think that people will get, get into a relationship or a marriage or, or have kids, like those three big things, mm-hmm. um, without thinking about what they actually want from life. And then later on in life when things mm-hmm. are a little bit settled down or the mm-hmm. kids are much more independent and less reliant on them, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden in that situation, that means that some of their emotional needs are, uh-huh. are, have uh, changed change because their kids uh-huh. all of a sudden are doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. It, and to be a parent, it's uh, to put your emotional needs second anyway. So you put the, you have to you have the to needs of your your kids first, really. That's what I mean. So those, so, those emotional needs are all of a sudden it. now they're taking your kids eighteen, twenty one takes priority. Yeah, yeah, they're able to. You're, yeah. you're still guiding them, of course, but yeah. it's not taking up loads of your life. That's and it. then I think that people then start to think about what they wanted to be mm-hmm. and what maybe maybe they want to try and be that thing now mm-hmm. say mid 40s it's like midlife crisis mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I always think about it it's like and then they start trying to fulfill it with random stuff generally doing what we all do and buy stuff mm-hmm. um, that we think is going to fill fill the hole mm-hmm. and then that doesn't work that doesn't work that doesn't work midlife crisis and then they end up things start breaking down and then they try and pursue something and then also a lot of people think it's too late and they're mm-hmm. like 40s and 50s which, which I don't think is the case nowadays mm-hmm. maybe it used to be mm-hmm. but yeah but they are stressed that stress is them and they end up at a manual uh, therapist because they've got bad shoulder or bad back and that's really bringing a bit the whole picture and trying to really treat people as a unit and uh, or thinking of people as a unit and a mind-body type uh, unit I think is very or even spiritual uh, part but I think mind-body is already quite is already quite all-encompassing and uh, all aspiration for something greater than you and everything is quite an interesting thing as well but that's it really so the structure and the function are interrelated the people are, uh, are or patients or, or the public or all of us are a bit uh, seen by the osteopath as a, as a whole as a, as a unit a bit greater than the sum of its part and then we've got the rule of the artery is supreme and that's where it starts to be so the, the, quite the, interesting the, really. the first one was 
structure function. Yeah, structure function. Or one of the structure function. The yeah. second one was you see the community. No, 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 no. The person as a unit. The person as a unit. Yeah. My body. My body. And then the rule of the artery is supreme. What What do you mean by that? Because it's it's the, um, is it the rule? The rule. As rule. R U L E. Yeah. Is it the rule? Yeah. Yeah. So the rule. What does that mean? You've said that so many times. So. Basically, you're 70% water, yeah. your fluid, basically. And you need for your tissue to be perfused by oxygenated blood and, and nutrient-rich blood. And that uh, um, perfusion is going to lead to two byproducts, which is going to be your venous blood and your lymphatic system. Okay? So... You've got like high pressure, you've got low pressure uh, fluid, you've got the interstitial uh, fluid, and you've got the intracellular fluid, and you've got the cerebrospinal fluid. So you've got, you've got plenty of... You've got fluid in everything. Fluid in everything. Within the cell, around the cell, within the within veins, the, the, veins, the artery... The artery needs to be supplied by an artery in order to be fed. And the, the vein needs to be supplied by an artery. Yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> vaso, vaso room. Vaso, vaso room. Yes, that is it. Well, he, yes, he oh, is. Yeah. Which, he one's, is. which one's bigger? But no, wait. One goes away and one goes. Oh, well, it depends. One goes towards the heart and one goes away from the heart. One vein or one artery? And when the artery goes away from the heart and, and the vein goes, goes towards the heart. That's what. Yeah. Okay. And bizarrely, because we can't say about oxygenated blood and uh, disoxygenated blood. Okay. So the artery goes away from the heart and the vein goes towards the heart. Because there's a cardiopulmonary system and then the peripheral uh, uh, arterial system and venous system. Okay. So it's not going to be the same really. Because the artery who's bringing the disoxygenated blood to yes. your lung is disoxygenated blood so, yeah, to, your, to your lung. And the lung is going to reoxygenate it and bring it back to the heart via vein. So the oxygenated blood on the cardiopulmonary system is traveling in the vein. Okay? Compared to in your body, the blood coming back to your heart is traveling in the vein and it's actually disoxygenated. Or less oxygenated okay. okay anyway regardless <laughs> of that so so the, the rule of the artery. artery is supreme and and that's where we go back to uh, that uh, structure govern function a bit so um, and we talk about the uh, expectation and the stress and the stress response so uh, a very important uh, thing is the autonomic nervous system Okay, mm -hmm. so we've got the sympathetic nervous system and we've got the parasympathetic nervous system. The so, sy sympathetic nervous system is the auto autonomic. Oh, yeah, and the parasympathetic is the autonomic as well. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So okay. both, both are. Okay. So, so it's, like, it's like driving a fast car and then you've got the throttle, which would be the sympathetic nervous system, and you've got the brake, which would be like the uh, parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. Okay. That's a good analogy. With that, really. Why? Why and that's, that? and that's, that's actually a nervous system that mediates the, the, she, the, the mobility of the blood depending on the demand. 
So let's say you're having a hog roast type thing and you're around the wall, the wall table. Uh, the blood is going to go away from your musculoskeletal system into your gut because it's digestive type thing. So that's very, that's, that's it, rest and digest. So and we, that happens from us just smelling and seeing. And seeing and then preparing your food, all sure. this kind of stuff type thing really. So you tend to, you, your, your, your autonomic nervous system tend to actually deep, relatively deprive your musculoskeletal system of blood and increase the pool of blood into your gut. Okay, so it's going to constrict certain blood vessels and dilate others. So it's probably okay. that's why it's a good idea not to uh, be walking around and eating and like doing stuff. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Or, or or jumping into very cold water when you've been in the sun for a while and after whilst digesting, and then those kind of hydrocution or those kind of stuff is an autonomic nervous system kind of shock type thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and a, uh, fl- that's a rest and digest. And a flight and fright, it's uh, dilating your bronchi, increasing your heart rate, you, you getting rid of the whole saliva. So when you're really super stressed and scared, all of a sudden, your mouth is a bit dry, all those kind of things, because you, you're not going to digest, you're not going to be eating, and you need all that, your salivary gland is being deprived of blood supply as well, and your muscles start to, dilate the blood vessel you start to you're able to sweat and lose some heat all those kind of things really okay and and often you got that uh, decrease in the perfusion of your gut which actually gives you that uh, stomach uh, sensation so uh, adrenal junkies people who base jumps and all those kind of things they love they love it they love how it feels they love the sensation, the, the body sensation there is. Uh, I get uh, at the top of a ladder and uh, I get the sensation because uh, I'm a bit fair and I, I go against the wall, I put my tongue to get more adhesion, but my <laughs> mouth is dry and it's not really happening. And, and I can't stand how it goes really. So I'll be more passing out from that kind of thing. So I'll freeze basically. Yeah. So that's my... That would be my uh, my response. Is that your sympathetic nervous system? Sympathetic nervous system is the parasympathetic. Is, is for the digestion. digestion. And so, but you can you can change that, right? And that's it. You can, you like, can control it. You can it. you can control it more than a little bit, especially we sort. There's plenty of uh, techniques, but mostly we like to use our abdominal diaphragm. So breathing and uh, wall seven eleven breathing techniques. So that uh, abdominal breathing. But you get plenty of ways to actually do it but that's the preferred one we like or oh, euphoria or as an osteopath or that's the one I quite enjoy doing because that's really quite an easy one to actually do basically what is 7-11 breathing? you so breathe you breathe uh, into in the count of 7 into your abdomen mm-hmm. so you increase you actually push your abdomen out as you breathe in and you tend to try to control your out breath for the count of 11 it can be 3.5 5.5 it can be 3.5 it doesn't have to be 7.11 you need to breathe and a little longer than you breathe you need to breathe longer out than you breathe which in. is kind of similar to the Wim Hof method right? yeah that's it that's it, that's it. Um, except he holds his breath on on the out breath on the out breath which actually increases so actually he's working a little bit on uh, CO2 uh, level into your uh, into your blood as well Okay. So that's why it's boosting the, the oxygen level. 
No, it's boosting a bit the CO2 level. When you hold your breath, you tend to... In well, because it's been increasing, is... Um, yeah, um, Wim Hof does it in a certain fashion. But, um, not, so not gonna... you, you were saying with the breathing before, which I found interesting, and I can't yeah. get the image out of my head, of, like massaging your organs and it probably not being a good idea for you to start doing that, but yeah. with, with breathing, your That's organs it. will be massaged nicely and then the, they get more perfused because you apply the break on that uh, autonomic nervous system and the uh, uh, musculoskeletal system gets a bit relatively deprived of, of uh, blood and then you get a bit more blood into your gut so all those kind of stuff walking uh, where we are a bit too, too sedentary when you walk yeah. and then you breathe you kind of have a bit of a cadence between some of the contraction of some of the musculoskeletal uh, system muscle and then you've got a bit of a pumping of your diaphragm who tends to really massage things so your large intestine for example your kidney all sorts of things really so that's and then the blood supply tends to be uh, rushing around and things really okay so yeah so three the three principles yeah structure and function are interrelated are yeah. interrelated yeah um uh, the body, no, the person as a whole. Yes, yeah, the, the body is a unit, yeah. but actually we like to think that the person in front of you has that mind-body type thing and that the expectation fulfillment theory of dream fits really perfectly. So mm -hmm. you've got a very good understanding of... Because people don't come only with a bad back. They come with all their personal lives, their hobbies. That that's it, that's it, that's it. We ask about hobbies. You know, because you play football and you like Paris Saint-Germain, this team is great, but it's not really what it's on about. It's that gregarious thing, the sense of community, the meaningful relationship with other people the status that it gives you all those kind of stuff so the whole the whole underlying type uh, needs the things that, that we don't ever really think about consciously consciously yeah that consciously yeah that's it that's it but we do it nonetheless for those kind of reasons we're quite great we're, well we're naturally drawn to it which that's is it. why those that's emotional it. needs are like relatively they're pretty much they're not far off the same across loads of yeah, exactly. So we psychotherapy models. Yeah. So we talk about archetypal needs. We talk about whether you're an Inuit on the high sheet of the North Pole or you're a Saramaka in uh, in the Amazon River basin, and uh, or you're a pygmy or you're a, a Mongol in uh, Ulaanbaatar. It's exactly the same. We are all drawn towards those uh, ten needs, and it's quite an important uh, aspect of people to a different degree for different cultures and the whole thing. But we talk we talk about Westerners quite a lot that we treat, and it's definitely a very great model, great model. And it seems I was talking to someone earlier with um, uh, uh, CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. She's had it for a very long time, I think. Um, I don't really know her that well. And she's also got some pain. She actually lives nearby and might come see you. Mm -hmm. um, um, but she was saying it's really confusing as to why, and I know lots of other people have said this, it's confusing as to why there's so many more people in pain. It seems like more and more people are in pain and then, mm -hmm. and then more and more people are suffering with depression or more and more people suffering with mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, all of the, like lots of things that are linked, in fact. We talk about mental health. So there's a lot mental about mental health problem. We talk about all those kind of stuff. But I don't think mental health is a problem. 
I don't think pain is a problem. Well, I, don't, I don't think anything is a problem. Is the problem is people don't know how to manage it. It's the management of, of course, it. Yeah. So it's yeah. our understanding of it. Not that there was much understanding of it before, actually. But I think the level of expectation was pretty lower. It was lower. Yeah. And if there were far less people in those predicaments maybe, because of that. Maybe the, the level of, so, of expectation was lower, but or or it, maybe it was just different, which is probably what it was. Because mm -hmm. it's like you know, if you had to if you had to hunt for food you have to do things that way mm -hmm. then your competence and all of these other things and mm -hmm. status and stuff like but that but you will not do it on your own you will do it with of other course, people course, and you will actually act upon it but so you'll burn you, and you, you have to you, that's my point you you've, burn got, it. you've got a really good driver mm -hmm. really really strong motivator that's it dopamine um, and, dopamine and dopamine. also the amount of things that you can do the amount of expectations that you can have of yourself <clears throat> whilst you're getting your basic food and water needs met mm -hmm. and using, you know, hunting mm -hmm. or whatever to, to fulfill those needs. And shelter. Nowadays, we've got such... A, like, I was saying to this girl earlier, and I'm not sure if it's right or not, but I think, like, life's so good and it's so comfortable now mm -hmm. that all of these things are starting to come out and they're starting to come out really quick because mm -hmm. whilst life's really comfortable and, mm -hmm. you know, health's better than ever, blah, 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 it looks like loads of comfort and everything mm -hmm. that we want mm -hmm. might not actually be mm -hmm. what our body but, but I think a need for shelter is a is a uh, quite real need it's a, a real of a very concrete a very a very palpable a very um, how do we say that real of course for, for a lack of a better word but the expectation of uh, how much control you have is very different because actually it's how much control you think you have in in comparison to how much control you really have so we talk, but, we, we, but we're talking about something that doesn't really exist that's what, that's what really. I mean okay? it's like so we're getting stressed <coughs> nowadays about things that don't really exist yeah. in the way really okay? but we, we don't get a reminder of that so the way everything's so uh, comfortable like ah, yeah, we get a very good like, reminder of that we are in pain you, we've got mental health we problem get a neutral reminder of that that was my point it's like, oh, it's no, like no, I yeah. think in previous cultures and civilizations yeah. and maybe still some that exists today they get a very literal reminder of mm -hmm. of um, of their so real maybe, literal maybe yeah, their yeah. status or maybe their maybe their control but mm -hmm. other things like attention and competence and things like that every mm -hmm. single day mm -hmm. and I always I always think about um, so my brother's an electrician and he's really 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 good electrician but he's also a very hard worker yeah. so he's very good at his job and it, but he's very good at doing his job yeah. and and he gets a very literal he gets some very good feedback mm -hmm. like usually on a daily if not bi-weekly or mm -hmm. weekly basis mm -hmm. feedback of his job he gets to sit back and look at how competent he is mm -hmm. and get a bit of attention from the customer mm -hmm. and get a bit of financial security blah 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 mm -hmm. blah blah mm -hmm. but then there's other jobs like um, I think there's like, like marketing or something or, or um, maybe politics where mm -hmm. it's like you, you might be really good at your job but mm -hmm. the, the the payback time or mm -hmm. um, I don't know the word for it the, the feedback the feedback yeah, yeah. is like 
it's like really spread out and mm-hmm. sometimes you can get to that feedback point and then there's so many variables as there will be naturally mm-hmm. over when you draw that mm-hmm. that period out then it has to change and your original goal yeah. is no longer the thing that is actually going to be met Mate. so then mm-hmm. you're on a different course and so it's like it's actually I think mm-hmm. whilst we have an indicator of pain which mm-hmm. although you say that's a really good indicator and I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree mm-hmm. no one I've spoken to nearly no one I've spoken to mm-hmm. even even though they've been told they've got chronic pain yeah. none of them yeah. have ever said it's something it's an indicator, it's an indicator yeah. to, to me okay. so, so it's a negative point. so that's a dead end That's the whole thing. It's a dead But the main thing, they've been speaking to people who are trying to meet their needs as well. Instead of trying to help their... So like when you talk about the medical profession or people who tend to have high skills who've been trained for a long time, who tend to have a high uh, income, a high status, worth a job, all uh, com- uh, a level of competence, all those kind of things, they end up being quite greedy for those kind of things for themselves. Not all of them, but... Most of them. It's quite natural, In, absolutely. Na- crops, absolutely right? A little bit. And then the, the um, uh, practitioner, let's say it like that, however the practitioner is, is not very aware directly in a concrete fashion or in a practical fashion of how much he uses his client as as a mean to actually fulfill his needs. And when you're an electrician, it's uh, quite uh, interesting. But when you're a, a general practitioner or an osteopath or a psychotherapist, you've got a big glitch because you're actually using your patient to meet your, meet your need in a way instead of helping your patient to meet his need and it's in more, a way it's okay. more of a uh, those practitioners yeah. um, those practitioners um, those practices yeah, 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 yeah. blah 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 careers yeah. are more qualitative rather than quantitative, quantitative. In, in, in an, as an electrician yeah. so an electrician it's like if you get something wrong You can you can test it and the yeah. system is very very well set that's up. It, that's it. That's it. Like that's you it. No, you've got something wrong. Whereas that's when you're being a psychotherapist, yeah. as you say, there's like there's so many ways to, to do it, mm-hmm. and and the well-being of your and, patient and, and is how you quali- you quantify and qualify a little bit the your the, is the feedback you get from your patients. So and there's no control. It's like there's no there's no control to draw back to. That's it. In, that's it. That's it. As in, whereas when you're rewiring a house and then yeah. you flip the switch and nothing happens it's like okay well, well the control is, that's it, that's is, that's it, that's is it. not the level set that's it because you deal with the most complex uh, structure in a in known universe at this stage which is the human human yeah. body really or the human person in a way the human person is the most complex structure or the most complicated structure and then, and then, in a way okay and then going back to your Um, osteopathic your three principles I guess Mm -hmm. it's like not only is the human body a complicated structure but it's also 
part of a community it's which is even like it's unbelievably complex complicated well. that's it that's it that's it and culturally and things like that so all the different frameworks we've got in order to be able to work around that are, are quite uh, yeah it's uh, more than complicated in a way really and uh, yes of course you want to be able to have feedback we've got a continual professional development we've got a, a governing bodies who are giving a bit of a framework of what the profession should be like on average a little and then how is it going on uh, so the on the bell curve a little bit so one part of the bell curve is a chop 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 to try to really keep the whole thing towards the median uh, part really and another part has got a little bit of leeway to try to explore a little bit what the profession can do and the new new discoveries new modalities of treatment new ways to integrate things and things which is a bit what we want to do a little bit uh, in, or what I'd like to do in my practice in a way really and trying to be a bit quite humanistic in and, uh, and patient centered as much as possible basically and the experience my patients uh, are having is what it's on about in a way and yes of course uh, like, a, like being a parent really <laughs> my uh, children's ex- my children's experience is feeding my needs but I'm putting everything in place for them to be able to meet their needs mm-hmm. and by doing so that feeds me in a way yeah. that's the whole thing really I don't, I don't find it as a detriment to myself really. that has to be why we have the community you know one of our emotional needs is to be part of a community and then uh-huh. another one is to work for something bigger than yourself and uh-huh. the two are often very closely linked closely right? linked yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As, as they all are but it's mm-hmm. like that must be why we've always had that need mm-hmm. and whether it's through you know um, a like a historical tribe or or even mm-hmm. a religion or something mm-hmm. it's like community has always been really mm-hmm. important because we should ask Jordan uh, Peterson about the whole thing about the the creation of a religion and how it uh, goes about from all that really in a way really and a whole community and where the community starts and where the community and the religion st- uh, starts and then how is it the whole uh, thing evolves a little bit really but a lot of it is that non-palpable uh, uh, sub the sub uh, um, framework about it really and I think the uh, emotional needs are very important and the REM and the metaphorical representation we have is enabling us to kind of emulate our human condition and uh, have some kind of aspiration for something a bit greater than us all the time really and after it's been completely corrupted by us in order to go back to the first three needs which is to do control security safety and status that's the main thing is a uh, it's the, the churches uh, or it's the institution who's uh, uh, not real, who's human led and human centered so in a way the, really. Is that the idea of, of religion becoming westernized? westernized? Because this, I spoke to I spoke to someone a while back um, who was studying cancer and he, he, was, he said he was religious but he said like you he's religious by knowledge not religious by uh, tradition, tradition. Mm-hmm. but he also said that he would he would call himself he is a Muslim he mm-hmm. said I am a Muslim mm-hmm. and the way he spoke about it was more of a, I am of Muslim people I am mm-hmm. from oh, yeah, I am yeah, like a, I'm a race basically and mm-hmm. 
and um, or yeah 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 or yeah or culture yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. um lost uh, lost the track lost, lost the train of thought oh yeah and he he was saying like the you know the literal interpretation of the bible the literal mm-hmm. interpretation of the quran right mm-hmm. it's like it's like uh, talk about jihad or with the bible it's mm-hmm. like you know hate gays and stuff like yeah. that so that was he was saying that that's like a very much a western a westernized like opinion or view on mm-hmm. on on the bible whereas mm-hmm. You know the abstractions or metaphors within the Bible, which are the mm-hmm. things that we which Jordan Peterson talks about. Okay, okay, okay. On a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, to name only one person, because I think a lot of people are talking about all that really. And the main thing is your metaphor, the aspiration you have that that uh, really special uh, thing of uh, um, the pattern of behavior. Uh, will become the rule. So you need to be able to observe it and you need to be able to have the mental capacity to be able to uh, word it in a way and, and reflect on it. Yeah, but just so yeah, just the, the, the lobster, the lobster and the whole thing, so we talk about the serot- uh, serotonin uh, circuitry in a lobster, there's one dominant one and he actually, uh, there's a dominated one and for the dominated one to have some kind of something to do, otherwise he's got, he doesn't have the chicks, he just have to eat and shit. It's a bit uh, useless kind of thing. Well, there's that serotonin thing who's making him quite happy. To be in that situation, so the whole hierarchy um, and the way the whole thing is stratified and the dominance, the hierarchy of dominance, is actually a um, uh, well, I don't know, it's 300 million a year, something like that, really, because it's an arthropod, uh, so it's quite all kind of thing, and there's a there's a, a pattern of behavior that is there. But uh, the lobster is not able to write it down, or is not able to make a drawing out of it. He's not able to actually speak to others about. Oh, it's great to be the one dominating, <laughs> and your serotonin is really that thing. He doesn't have the mental capacity and the ability to abstract on the whole lot, and that's why we talk about in the human givens is to be conscious of being conscious. You're able to kind of. Uh, look at yourself uh, being conscious yeah. you're able to be conscious of, of being conscious it's, yeah. which uh, happens uh, we think and it's quite very interesting stuff I've been really quite interesting about uh, uh, pe- uh, cave painting and Neolithic cave painting in uh, it's quite a lot in France in Spain and think but all of us uh, and then a bit like uh, all the way humankind has spread from Africa and then migrates everywhere and thing well actually 40,000 years ago ish maybe 50 or maybe 30 40,000 years ago on average everywhere on earth there's some kind of a spark of the uh, homo sapiens becomes homo sapiens sapiens and you can see uh, 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 hieroglyphic representation abstraction of uh, thoughts in a, uh, made in a pictorial fashion this, and is, that, this is going this is going back 
in the history, right? Yeah, 40,000 yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Roughly. So, Chauvet, uh, for example, you see the lion in Chauvet, uh, it's a manga. It's a manga. It's the whole thing moves, there's movement in it, the way it's represented is like, uh, the gag was like a, a complete, I don't know, like an artist. And I think when even, uh, I think Picasso, Pablo Picasso, went to uh, Lasco cave, he said, well, pff, we've not really invented much in terms of art for the last 40,000 years, really, or 30,000 years, that type of thing, really. It was just completely, the way the whole thing is represented is absolutely amazing, and is that ability to be conscious or being conscious and abstracting the whole lot. And I think that's where that uh, uh, deity and something a bit greater than you, you are able to make sense of uh, why is it we're here, really. Because we're conscious uh, of being conscious. Like to buy some shit that you don't need. Like that's a bit of a, a bit of something missing a little bit really if you get up in the morning just to pay your mortgage and buy some loose paper and just go to shit and then sleep wow that's this, this. We, we miss the, we miss the, quite a lot really you know US trainers and stuff Yeah, US trainer, exactly, exactly. To look at the GDP, to look at the whole lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we get a bit stuck with that uh, climate change or global warming or and if we don't believe in it, uh, however, uh, how, how much joie de vivre uh, has everybody got? That's the thing, really. <laughs> how much enjoyment have you got in your life, really? And uh, there, is, there is an aspiration for something a bit greater than you, and, uh, and the abstraction of things that is enable, enabling you to realize how much more uh, fulfilling things can be, really. And it's, I think that's that whole thrust which is completely lost in a way, really. That's a bit the problem in most, uh, many people, really. And uh, we see with uh, Daesh, for example, and we get a new caliphate in a place where there was a caliphate before, because we we dismantle the caliphate in on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the Treaty of Versailles, and uh, Pigeot Sykes uh, line. We cut a bit the whole lot and uh, created uh, all the Lebanon, Syria, Sinai, the whole uh, thing, and uh, Ottoman Empire was a, which was a caliphate that's it really and then some new people come along and there's a bit of a vacuum which we, we created and then there's a, something and they re, re, rally people behind an, uh, uh, something a bit greater than them basically and you mm -hmm. can indoctrinate people you can brainwash them much more easily and things like that and it's all about control all about status about things so it's a complete parody of a caliphate really. it's that's a the main problem thing, but they prey on working for something bigger than yourself and and people's or people's or pretending absence to. pretending of, to of course but, yeah, yeah. but um, people's yeah, yeah. absence of working for something bigger than themselves and that's absence it. of community that's it, that's it, that's it, that's and it. all of a sudden it's like the flat earth theory that's all it of a sudden, all, and I mean in the case of the flat earth theory it's like it's, well that's they, they don't kill anybody that's fine they don't kill anybody yeah. and uh, the experience you have in the middle of a field is uh, you're uh, below a dome and then uh, you, you dig there's a bit of water and then uh, you walk a bit along oh there's some water as well <laughs> so you're surrounded by water there's water under you and then there's a lot and then you see the sun and the stuff uh, uh, turning around you and that's it really so why not really and yeah. as long as you don't shove it down everybody's throat and you're not pro proselytic the main problem is to have a problem about it really um, 
I've got the same experience than them every day and it doesn't prevent me from having to go to the mall and buy some shit and uh, that I don't need all those kind of stuff really that's the whole thing yeah. it's just that if that's what it takes you to be able to be part of a community having meaningful relationship with others and having that I think the main the main issue with that is the whole conspiracy theory there's somebody not telling you something when actually it's just your brain and your perception of it and yeah. the fact that you're limited in your perception it's just a perceptual uh, warp 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 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it really. um, so it's it's yeah it's great you talk, you talk about um, no problem uh, being conscious of being conscious of being conscious yeah sapiens sapiens homo sapiens sapiens so like or sapiens, sapiens. What, I don't know what that means. so it's so like how um with Joe Griffin and I, I've been talking about with the human givens yep. and the, mainly with Joe Griffin and the uh, expectation fulfillment theory of dream. Uh-huh. He talks about mammalian behavior and mammals dreaming, right? Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm confused as to why they have REM sleep. Uh, yes, that's it. And, so, and, yeah. what, and um, like I said to you, like a girl said to me mm-hmm. a, a while back about, about dolphins being. Uh-huh surely they're conscious of being conscious mm-hmm. I think I understand it but I definitely don't Poten- potentially but, um, it's difficult to communicate it uh, with them and it's difficult to see the abstraction they make out of the whole thing from being conscious, from being being conscious, conscious. or being conscious they, they, they don't, they've not made art quite yet and art is me and music but maybe they actually are quite musical with their sonars sure. yeah, yeah. and things like that and maybe we don't understand it as much but uh, REM sleep in the in the ondoto set the tooth well is quite an interesting thing because it's a monocephalic and possibly multiphasic type thing. So so uh, uh, bicephalic, so they, uh, monocephalic. So we've got two hemispheres and to uh, prevent the dolphin from actually yeah that's it that's it to prevent the dolphin from actually drowning, he needs to be able to sleep with only one of his brain. Mm-hmm. Not the two, in a way, okay? So that's, um, uh, that's only one side of his brain at the time. And then after, he might sleep several times in a day. He doesn't sleep between uh, uh, 11 to 7 in the morning. There's lots of people on Earth, uh, in uh, all, you know, like the Greeks, for example, or, or Greek culture, uh, even currently, you know, you go to Crete, uh, in the summer, it's 45 degrees in the shade. At, one o'clock in the, uh, in the afternoon while uh, you go for a little siesta after lunch you're not missing too much really in a way really and therefore you can be a bit active a bit longer in the evening and you might sleep a bit less uh, at night really in a way so you've got a bi-phasic uh, type of uh, sleep Okay. Whereas we generally in the UK have monophasic. We, uh, people want to have a monophasic type thing. You go to work in a monophasic fashion as well. You can't really work in the morning, have a big break, and then work a bit. So you have to sleep in the same thing. It's a bit too regimented in a way, really. But the maybe, o- maybe. it might work really well. The other part, I think my understanding of it, and I don't think I've got as good an understanding of Joe Griffin about the whole subject, and far from that, but my understanding of it is the REM is as well in mammals having an, a rehearsal of some of the um, uh, pattern of behaviors. 
mm. as well. Yeah. So some of the reflexes and some of the some of the the expression of your genes uh, is having to be rehearsed within your uh, sleep to try to keep them alive in a so, way. Okay? So, so, so on top of on top of the expectation fulfillment, which is for maybe uh, humans. Homo sapiens sapiens. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not entirely sure how much abstract representation, because uh, I'm not a scientist, uh, like a dolphin or cetaceous uh, scientist, but uh, the main thing with uh, humans, we've got that, uh, that uh, represent, that, yeah, representation, the graphical type thing, the drawings, the whole music, all those kind of things that we kind of extrapolate and we make a metaphorical representation of our uh, thought process in a way. So we use REM to be able to fulfill those expectations and we are doing it as well to rehearse some of the uh, patterns of behavior. So it's all that... Um, that's really quite an interesting thing, but it's all, all your uh, um, amygdala, all the algorithms, let's call them. So your hypothalamus, your thalamus, your, your hippocampus, all that uh, reptilian brain that we like to call, call is having things. So your thermoregulation. Like, well, thank God is not really very conscious and it's been done in an automatic fashion, but it has to be maintained. He has to be, you need to service it. Yeah. You need to service it. And your REM is possibly, my understanding, maybe I'm completely wrong, and it would be quite good to have a bit of uh, more uh, thing about that, but some of the, your breathing, some of your, uh, how you like, so uh, it, uh, Joe talks a lot about autism and the fact that uh, some of the autistic kids really enjoy a big in the water. So they tend to regress a little bit of there's a complexification of those patterns of behaviors in a way, in order to be human, in a way. And then the autistic kind of thing, there is a bit of a regression and you, you become more like a fish type thing. So you, because we are fish at one stage, we are like a unicellular thing for not too, too long, really. <laughs> But, so we, we do all the evolution We replay all the evolution and all the uh, pattern of behaviors uh, throughout our embryogenesis and a fetal life and um, childhood potentially. Really, okay. So that, it's that idea of regression is that is that um, maybe not uh, regression. Well, in, yeah. in in that sense. Okay, but, but uh, well, actually, I'm going to stay with it because yeah, yeah. Or or the idea of you saying like regression. I know you didn't mean it, but like. Um, going is, back. Is, that, is that essentially like being in a part of the brain that potentially yeah. developed more at that maybe at that, at time, that point at that point of being a fish yeah because yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like reptilian brain I, I don't really Reptil just, yeah reptilian or like, yeah, yeah. well yeah so let's call it archaic brain type thing so there's a neocortex the new cortex the new brain in a way okay so we can see with fossils and all those kind of stuff the way the neocortex develops a little bit and all those kind of things really. so embryologically speaking really so the REM in mammals is enabling them to service and to try to keep alive or keep active some of the uh, uh, pat pattern of behaviors mm -hmm. in a way okay yeah. 
And after, yeah, the pattern matching is a very interesting subject again in terms of with pain and in terms of all those kind of things, really. Some, a lot of the things we do all the time are not. So after, we t we're talking about being free, having free will, or, and I was arguing that it's maybe maybe freer will <laughs> because we're not, there's no free will. We mm -hmm. so completely engrossed in those kind of pattern of behavior, we can't really change them, really. You can't. Well, Maybe we can have access, and I'm pretty sure uh, some monks in uh, in Himalayas, uh, in a grotto, and things like that, is able to uh, change his thermoregulation and change his uh, uh, pancreatic function and have access to the insulin and his HPA, his hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis, all those kind of stuff. There's plenty we can do, really. But the, the idea of us not probably actually well probably not having free will maybe at all but yeah. having free our will is yeah. like if we if we're able to deal with our pain let's say from yeah. you know from I guess your your perspective is yeah. like if you've got chronic pain and that's probably gonna have a massive impact on your life mm -hmm. your life would be different without it that's it I'm sure everyone would agree with that that's it therefore it's like giving yourself free our will it's yeah. still not free will that's it it's like you're maybe able to do mm -hmm. a couple mm -hmm. of other things differently differently and then we we were uh, reading a little bit uh, Noah Harari and the whole uh, after Sapiens the Homo Deus and uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century the latest uh, book and the uh, whole uh, thing is talking about nowadays with all that uh, artificial intelligence social media all the algorithms all the uh, silicon based type algorithms, the main problem is people don't know themselves well enough. And a way of actually being in pain is very interesting because it helps you to understand, it can help you to understand who you are and how you function and what your algorithm is or algorithms are in a way really, you know? Mm -hmm. and so it can be an answer, it can be like you say, like a communicator or an indicator to say like... So, something's up like, yeah. you're alive you're alive yeah, yeah. and maybe you're not fulfilling the path you need to fulfill really and there's a glitch really and the part of your body uh, could be a part of the an answer and the start of an answer for you to understand a bit better who you are how you function and thing really and I'm, I'm uh, So we talk about Piaget which is a, a child psychologist uh, French I think he's French Uh, and he talks about the body being a bit of a theater for all those kind of things really so you tend to some uh, we, what we call uh, with you know, osteopathic uh, like jargon or something like that we talk about somatization a little bit really you, you talk about somatization so you tend to what a thought is being stored in your body type thing and is expressing itself in your mm. body type thing yeah you've spoken about this a few times that's it that's it So it becomes quite an interesting thing. And then in a lot, so this archetypal part, so we talk about myth and things like that. So Carl Jung talks a lot about that and he develops that to the nth level. It's so completely fabulous about the whole thing. But you look at your Greek mythology and we were talking about uh, uh, Sisyphus, Sisyphus. Who's pushing his uh, pushing his ball up the wall lot of the hill and then he falls back down and he pushes uh, for eternity a little bit so that, re that repetitive and why, why did he get that um, that sentence 
again because he was trying to he was a, a bit narcissist yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure or, some, or something so, like that uh, a, a, um, a grand a yeah, that's, that's it, that's it. Yeah. There was a bit of that. But yeah. there's uh, Achilles and his heel, for example. So his mob dips him in a Styx River and he becomes invincible. Type thing. So we talk about having limitations a little bit. So that's a perfect example. He's quite limited, but as long as his square is secret, he is invincible. Until uh, somebody hears about the bullet and then gets a poisoned uh, arrow, ping, and then, he, and then he dies, really, basically, okay? So, we people who have Achilles tendinitis, uh, they've got an inflammation of their Achilles tendon, maybe they are reacting a pattern of behavior that would actually kind of be very well described with a myth of uh, Achilles and the fact that maybe somebody knows their little secret or they think that somebody knows their little secret or, or they feel like they're quite limited as well, a, a, a limitation type thing really. So it becomes quite an interesting thing. Different body parts in the scripture. There's a lot of that. Is there, is there like, um, I really like the idea of like, the, you know, the myths having these like, or holding this thought or, yeah. you know, the myths having something. So it came out of the, it came out of, like, for like the millions of years, maybe. And the pattern of behavior um, well, the, the myth, the myth yeah, is a pattern of behavior that once we were able to articulate it well enough to make it into a story that summarizes it quite nicely really I think that's my understanding of the myth yeah. really in a way and your body is able to actually act the, in a metaphorical fashion what's happening into your mind a little bit. So the pain you have is a metaphorical uh, representation of a, a, a glitch in a, a pattern of behavior, which starts to be a little bit uh, interesting. Mm. But but it's really fabulous. It's really excellent. And the expectation fulfillment theory of dream start to push it a bit further again, really. Because uh, there is definitely a, a neurophysiological effect on your adrenal, and the fact that the ongoing inflammation in your Achilles tendon is actually. <laughs> why would you have inflammation just there, really? Well, well you got two, just, you got two Achilles tendons, really. No, so why isn't it on well, the other maybe side? Maybe there's too much weight on one side. It's like my, my foot on this side. What's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there's. Is, in, is there a, yeah, yeah, is there, in, is there a myth the, behind. Behind the issue of my foot. A foot, yeah, it's yeah. very much possible. Yeah, very much possible. And you find out what it is. Which eludes you a little bit. And then so we were talking, we were listening to Jordan Peterson because we like his way of thinking and his way of actually articulating his thoughts, which is, and his, his, the grasp he has of the world as well. And, and Logos, I think he really has very precise way of describing the whole surf. And I've not listened too much yet about the Tower of Babel and, and what he thinks about the whole thing in terms of Genesis and when he describes the Old Testament and being part of that uh, pattern of behavior a little bit. But my idea of it is we are building a tower. So again, he would talk about uh, hierarchy. Uh, hierarchy, 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 
qui colle. Hierarchical. Oui, qui colle. Thing, but uh, we want to maybe. Uh, and a god is uh, not super magnanimous at the time and is really sending all the languages and uh, venture capsizes. Okay? But actually, isn't it a bit um, the lang- uh, you want to reach a higher level of consciousness as an individual, in a way. You want to be able to use your brain uh, and you want to be able to be conscious or being conscious as much as possible. And the problem is uh, pain. And pain is a language that you've forgotten about a little bit. And pain is hindering your ability to use your brain in a full potential. So, uh, and we know quite well, really, uh, uh, the headspace uh, pain takes yeah. a little bit, really. I ask you to do your accounts and I smash your big toe with a hammer. You, you're not going to do very good accounts, really, because you're becoming a big toe, really. Your big toe is going to take so much <laughs> headspace, really. <laughs> It's going to take so much headspace. It, it, it completely overwhelms you, really. And therefore, the main thing is to try to make your big toe as small as possible in order to be able to have access to the rest of your brain mm-hmm. in order to do your accounts, really. Okay? For example, for just mm-hmm. one simple yeah, task yeah. and a simple illustration, really. So we want to have access to a higher level of consciousness, which, you know, left and right brain. So that's when we're going to talk a bit more about left and right brain at one stage, I'm sure. And that whole mentalist and mechanistic way of doing that uh, autistic or schizoid and psychotic tendencies and the spectrum between the two. And the fact that some people, maybe out there, are able to use both their brain at the same time. And the main problem, when stressed, we fall into one brain and another. So like Joe Griffin and the whole human given is based on that and our understanding of how is it you actually process, perceive reality a bit more with your right brain or a bit more with your left brain, especially when you're stressed and the whole catextia, the context blindness that it leads to. The least context blind, the better, and maybe the, um, it enables you to reach a higher level of consciousness. That's the whole thing, really. Because that's what we want to do, really. So, do it? Well, possibly more than going to buy the latest, uh, latest crabs that you need like in the mall. I feel like it might be nice to be able to use this level of consciousness well. Ah, but that's it, that's it, that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all the journey to That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. But we are conscious of being conscious. So let's uh, try to use as much of the potential as we can and not uh, be too... We're all a bit catextic, but it's not so much a problem of being catextic again, and it's not so much a problem of being in pain. It's not so much a problem about being stressed. It's a problem of managing the whole thing. And how is it? Do you do it the same way than your peers have done before you? Yeah. Or do you try to learn a bit more from what has been uh, coming your way over the last uh, 40 uh, million years and uh, you try to emulate that? So we were, you were talking about religion by tradition and religion by knowledge. Do we want to try to enhance our uh, uh, ability to use our brain or do we want to carry on doing the same that we've done before and not really think about or possibly even regress it's a bit because I think at one stage people were really using it, that when people get really passionate about religious by tradition there's like if someone attacks them they they become even like even their roots go even deeper of course, even so, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a belief thing so you yeah. can't really change people's belief 
at the end of the day, you want to challenge them, but you don't want to have to change them because it's a very unsettling for people to be able to uh, have their belief challenged, and it's very stressful. That's the main thing. So I think it's uh, as long as they are not uh, coming to your house and killing you, I think they, they have the um, potential to actually believe what they be. And uh, the fact that we believe as well what we believe. So they could challenge your way of believing, really. And if their way of believing was resonating and helping you to grasp reality in a broader uh, fashion and uh, emulate that ability, why not uh, follow their belief in a way, really? And that's the problem with the flat earth people. Uh, their belief is uh, quite uh, limited. That's the thing. It's quite a simplistic and just perceptual type of thing. When actually, uh, your per uh, what is the humanistic thing we were talking about at one stage? What's good must be good and what's bad must be bad. Uh, if it feels right, it must be right. If it feels good, it must be... If it feels bad, it must be bad. Well, maybe not. <laughs> so the, the perception we have of things is quite limited. And uh, yes, uh, when you take your telescope and you look at... Uh, I don't know, like... Uh, uh, what was I looking at? I was looking at the uh, Coma Berenice and uh, all the cluster of galaxies in Virgo. Uh, well, uh, it takes you quite a fair distance away, really, and, and quite a fair bit back, really. So it's possibly 80 million years... 80 million light years away, really. So the light from that uh, galaxy hits my retina through my telescope, and I'm aware of it, and I'm conscious of it, and it's been there, it's been traveling for 80 million years. And it, so it's quite a fair bit, really. The closest galaxy is 2, two million years, two, mil, 2 million light years away. So it took when you look at it with your naked eye, because you can see Andromeda's galaxy with your naked eye, or Maybe, yeah, anyway, the triangulum would be the furthest away, but uh, Andromeda in uh, Tenbury, you can maybe see it with your naked eye or you're averted in that vision. And then it's two million years ago that the light that you received has been there? emitted. <laughs> and two million years ago, we were not in the situation we're in now. That's it, really. And uh, I was looking at a quasar in Ursa Major and it's 4.5 uh, billion light years away. So the, when the light has been emitted from that object, my uh, the, the, the sun was not even uh, ignited. <laughs> the solar system was not even created. So the, 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 the ashes from uh, uh, the second generation of, of supernova had not even collapsed again to do the sun, really, and to create life. Really. It, it was only the potential for it. The world has been had not been uh, put together quite yet, really. So yeah, but maybe that's just a belief, and maybe that's lots of quackery about the whole thing, really. I see it with my telescope. I take it with my uh, camera. But maybe my camera is me. There's a conspiracy, and maybe uh, they put the image on my uh, on my uh, disc, really, yeah. in order to control me, really. In Probably a way. what happened. It's possibly what happened. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's just a, something that plays on a big dome. On a big dome, as I said, that's it, that's it. That's it, little things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's quite interesting. So, except that they're supernovas, so um, 
Not Too Long Ago, there was one in, uh, in uh, UCL, University College London. Some students were looking at uh, M82, which is like in Ursa Major, and it's... Uh, which is Ursa Major, in a big, a big deeper. Okay. The Bear, which is a very old constellation, because there's a cult of the bear in different places, in the Neolithic, that's another story, because we went into caves, and in caves there used to be bears. Anyway, that's another story. Um, and that uh, I took picture of that uh, uh, galaxy a couple of days before they found the uh, supernova and it was definitely no supernova on my image and then I took the picture three days after they discovered it because it was a clear night and I compared the whole thing and when you blink it you can see the supernova in it so and it's it's uh, I can't exactly remember the distance but I think it's uh, 20 million light year away and so I missed the wall the, the light had been emitted 20 million years ago minus two days <laughs> okay? and I missed it and it was not there yet it was not here it had not reached but you took, you took a photo of it afterwards when it was and it, yeah, it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah three days after so it was three light days past Earth type thing really okay? yeah. past the solar system really okay That's so ridiculous. So it's a bit mind-boggling, really. And that's the environment we're in, and rather than a dome, which a dome is, would be really, really great to have something really quite that simple. I'm not too sure who would make the mechanic go round, really, but... It's, dark, it's uh, dark energy. Dark energy. Yeah. I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm not sure how they... Why the sun and the moon and the... That's it, where it goes at night. Maybe it's just one big LCD, one That's big it. flat screen. So, screen. it's called Nut. Nut. Nut is a Milky Way goddess in uh, the uh, Egyptian mythology. And uh, um, uh, there's a split in the Milky Way, uh, just where Deneb, the uh, main star from Cygnus, is it's one of the uh, corners of the summer triangle and in that area that's the birth canal that used to be her vagisal type thing and then she was giving birth of the, uh, of the sun just there and she was swallowing it in her mouth and she was giving birth to it with later and then when the sun was setting he was kind of traveling in the underworld at night to be reborn again every morning basically so the whole perceptual vision of the solar system and the wanderers as well the planets planetos is the one who wanders so and that's why you've got Ares uh, um, Taurus uh, Sagittarius Scorpio you got all the uh, zodiacal uh, constellation is where the planets are wandering basically so they were quite of importance In a way, okay. In in histo historically, historically, in myths, in myths, all those kind of things. Really, yeah. Many people still 
look at well, if you get the chance to be able to look at them it's uh, you don't have to pay sky or uh, netflix it's uh, outside and if you're nice and dark you go to a remote part of the outback or you go even for us in dartmoor or exmoor or the brecon and beacons or the silly isles for example just to name uh, quite a few dark sky uh, part in the uk and you uh, in a, um, a summer night and you moonless night and you look at the milky way and the heaven lying on your back uh, it's pretty interesting and again we talk about pattern matching we talk about pattern matching so that wool gregarious part of your brain the wool amygdala is able to see oh look at the triangle so there's triangle squares there's lions there's scorpions there's thing and then you go to you go to uh, the you go to uh, <laughs> new zealand uh, there's no lions because in New Zealand, there's no lions. <laughs> so they can't really pattern match and look at the wall saying, oh, a lion. Yeah. Oh, that's a lion. <laughs> that's thing. They only got kiwis and uh, tuataras and, uh, and dolphins and all those kind of things. So, and uh, wood pigeon and piwakawakas and uh, all the fantail things. So they... Uh, the whole way of the cosmogony is very different really so uh, Matariki the start of the year when the heliacal rising of the Pleiades happens is the start of the year and then you got like when is it we're gonna go seafaring when is it we're gonna plant the uh, sweet potato the kumara when is it we're gonna go hunting the, uh, the wood pigeons all those kind of stuff and it's all written in the stars and that whole uh, thing but there's no lion, there's no bears, there's no thing because there's no mammals in New Zealand, there's only birds, that's it. Oh, no, there's bats. Bats are the mammals in New Zealand. So, that's the whole thing, really. They are not, their cosmogony is very different because their environment is very different and they pattern match the whole thing in the sky as well, really. And it's a metaphorical representation of Leo, really, or the bear. Even the plow or the, the sickle of Leo is uh, like it's uh, as old as the world, really. That's the thing, and it's in the stars, really. And people talk about, uh, so we call it in French, Keops, Kefrenami, Kerinos, I think you call it Khufu, and then uh, the three pyramids in Gizeh, Giza, yeah. who, who are a bit like the Orion Belt. Thing. So some people talk about the Orion Belt, thing, and some of the necropolis are being Betelgeuse and Regal, and the four big main uh, thing of uh, the constellation of Orion, which is really, everybody should know a bit about Orion and which one it is, it's so, so... I think I know which one it is. Staggering, really. But it's a pattern matching again. So you see it in the sky and you see it's pretty extraordinary. And what do you do? Well, you do something extraordinary on the ground, which looks like what's in the sky. So do, you think, do you think when people are pattern matching, whether they're pattern matching from the skies or yeah. whatever to yeah. create stories to maybe help their communities, whatever, uh -huh. then potentially help their communities flow and work well together yeah. blah 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 you've spoken about Egyptian history before yeah. do you think they, were, they, they consciously knew what they were doing um, a minority of people would have, would have known very well indeed and uh, would have tried because the main thing to try to reach a higher level of consciousness or to look at the sky day in day out where well, you need to eat still so you need somebody who feeds you Mm. That's so the thing, really. And, and the hierarchy, hierarchical uh, um, 
place where the pharaoh or maybe even more than the pharaoh on that pyramid is well at the base we need a base and the base is really broad uh, we don't build pyramids like that mm -hmm. uh, they don't stand very long really yeah. we build pyramids like that and the base is really broad and uh, maybe the agriculturalist the one who works the soil and the earth are the one we need the most of and we don't need the uh, hundred thousand pharaohs we just maybe need one and that whole uh, pyramidal representation is uh, so Jordan Peterson talks a lot about that about those kind of stuff so is a representation of the world and a big um, the one big lobster there's only one big lobster and it's a plethora of not that big lobster so we can get a pyramid but that's um, it's like that's kind of tricky to talk about in some ways because that's not found on other people so I, I, I like, like not yeah yeah not what, like it's not fair having a hierarchy right but not everybody can be the pharaoh and not everybody can be a peasant and not everybody can uh, that's the thing really and, and the main uh, thing at the time there was no concept of fairness because there was no need of, of a concept of fairness because as a peasant if you were able to fulfill your uh, your destiny a little bit you were you had access to the same place and the pharaoh yeah that's the thing really yeah that's the thing and, and you've got a certain potential that you're able to fulfill and that's the whole stuff you uh, don't try to be who you're not try to be who you are and uh, try to know yourself a bit better really. that, that's, 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 that's what the message is really yeah. and that fairness thing is yeah. a, is a really. lunacy it's lunacy yeah. it's not fair yeah. and we cannot do any, everything that has been tried to make society and life fairer has failed yeah. and, and, and dramatic, cases, dramatically made the interests even more pronounced. Even more pronounced. So we were talking about that uh, little talk about uh, the Scandinavian uh, yeah. countries where actually we try to make, uh, uh, to give people the same opportunities and there is even more discrepancy in between people. Yeah. Despite the fact that the state is trying to mitigate the difference between people and try to even things out even more. And it's not really happening. People are not the same, and we all are different, and we all need to fulfill our potential. And we've got different potential. Uh, we need to read a bit more Rumi, and we need to be a little bit more humble about the world. Rumi is a Sufi philosopher, and uh, it's really very interesting. Some people are, um, have a potential that is really small. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's fulfilled I'm fulfilled and other people they've got a bottomless piece to fulfill and it's not very easy really and you can put yeah. bucket loads of and, and uh, it's, of it. it's and often those people that end up in a really bad physical and mental state maybe but maybe because they don't know that it's a bottomless one if they knew if they accepted it I don't think it's a problem it's Buddha Buddha is uh, he suffers he does all sorts of uh, things to try to find uh, the Schmilblick uh, or whatever he calls it uh, and uh, up until he realizes he's just there <laughs> just he doesn't have to mm. he don't have to 
toil, yeah, a bit, you need, maybe you need to toil before and suffer a little bit in order to uh, be a bit more cool about the world suffering. But that pattern of behavior, that algorithm is the way it is, and maybe knowledge is able you to actually analyze it, and being conscious or being conscious is helping you to analyze it, and if you want to change it, well, good, on you, there's no problem, you're going to change it to another algorithm anyway you're going to fall in another loop again and that loop is going to be unknown a little bit really you're not going to have uh, controlled it you're not going to have uh, mastered the whole lot you're going to fall on another one which might actually not uh, uh, end up giving you what you intended uh, to give you and then you're going to not be very happy and you might suffer again and you're going to have to re-observe it instead of uh, looking at the whole algorithm that there is and the, the hand you've been given really and yes well that's the hand I've been given and I know which hand I've been given and I know my limitations and uh, once you know your limitations and uh, you've explored uh, quite a fair bit really and it might take a lifelong really the sooner it is uh, you find out the better maybe but I think it's uh, maybe quite a good uh, thing to do really and uh, buying a bigger car to be safer well yeah well why don't you maybe take a bit of uh, advanced driving uh, uh, test really go to Castlecombe And then maybe you're going to be safer in your old banger, really, because it's your driving, it's not the car. We get a bit mixed up about things, really, yeah. just that and the perspective. And really. then not all the emotional needs are like, obviously not all the emotional needs are, are equal, because it's like with the... Ego-based needs. Yeah, I mean, some obviously pertain to different parts of us being us like like the ego and stuff but it's like you're talking about spending your life or spending a long time trying to find out trying to get some balance but it's mm -hmm. like that balance doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have everything like career-wise which everyone you know a lot of people focus on which is yeah. very much status attention control and yeah. safety security yeah. it's like maybe you don't actually need to have that figured out yeah. maybe even at all for a long part of your what, life and it's what you were saying earlier on the expectation you have of it now by the time you figure it out is going to have changed anyway yeah that's the same really. like, like the that's it. where it's like oh it's all here because, that's it, that's it, that's it. because the status and control it's like well I never had any of that so now I'm in the same situation spinning plates yeah. we're spinning plates all the time yeah. that's the whole thing really but you know how many plates you spin so if there's just 10 plates to spin uh, just stick to 10 plates it's pretty good already it's already quite difficult really yeah. and uh, from one to another any decision you make are you able to not make them in a too emotional fashion are you able to be a bit calmer when making decisions isn't it great when you're having an argument with your girlfriend or your partner or your spouse uh, to be a bit like well shall we talk about that tomorrow let's not finish the discussion now but let's talk about it tomorrow let's sleep on it it'll be quite a lot that's going to come out of it and then maybe tomorrow we can yeah I need to apologize for that because I definitely I was not you know I was a bit harsh on the whole lot and then actually that's what I meant and then you start to be able to yeah, and maybe have another argument again and having to sleep on it again and things like that or, yeah walk it off for a bit or do whatever walking off and things like that exactly and de-arouse yourself it's a bit 
going outside having a cigarette is maybe not the way to actually do it you might need to have a couple of hours for the whole thing to go down and you need to really not uh, think about the whole thing too much and rehearse yeah. it in your head really yeah. Okay, yeah. you need to be able to think and, about and, some, something and else keep really. that level of emotional arousal, arousal. Or even arouse yourself even that's it, that's it, that's it. And everyone's we've all been there we've had the arguments and <laughs> she's going to say this and then I'm going to say that and then I'm going to get her with this <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's so, it doesn't solve doesn't solve problems very well really but we all guilty of that at the end of the day and that's the beauty of it really and it's to be able to recognize it and to be a bit humble about it at the end of the day there's no perfect situation really perfection doesn't it's just something you aspire to mm. I think in mathematics they call that asymptotic asymptote so that's the whole it gets towards the curve but it doesn't really um, doesn't ten, tending towards tending towards mm. that's it asymptotic yeah. wow. no so osteopathy lots, lots of interesting things <laughs> <laughs> but it, the great thing is that it's uh, enabling you to uh, the uh, a broader your view of the world the more all encompassing you can be and the more uh, pain becomes a bit very interesting and very mysterious and a very intriguing and a very I don't know I think it's fabulous helpful, helpful yeah. potentially thing really yeah. rather than a complete dead end just to talk about pain that's it really uh, a depression could be a very interesting thing that thing really uh, uh, a chronic fatigue could be a very interesting thing uh, I think people are already looking at it that, that's that way like, the, that, like I said the girl I spoke to literally just before coming here uh-huh. um, she's already like I, I already look at it that way I already understand that it's quite an interesting thing and it's, like, it? it's a big journey that I'm, I've been on and I'm going to continue being on that journey as long as your journey is fine uh, if you want to be static uh, those kind of things completely stifle you and take, that's take it over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you turn into stone I think is the gorgon going back to the medusa, the medusa. Mm. Tough, tough. cool should we end cool. yeah yeah we can well done